All right. Okay. Welcome, everybody. Um, I wanted to record this episode of um, the New Paradigm Intimacy podcast. And I wanted to stream it to as I feel like these conversations that Dane and I have around the temples, which is ongoing, um, are super juicy and fun. Um, so, Mr. Thomas, how are you? Beautiful. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Yes, I'm very well. So I have some questions for you around the temples. I have a curiosity around, um, firstly, like, what is your take on the temples? What does it mean to, what is a temple? I mean, there's there's a real certain way that, that we use it, hey? Like, and by we, I mean a sort of certain core crew of people that I that I am in conversations with and so in amongst that crowd um who are the people that I talk about temples a lot with I, I see it as really meaning a sort of a new sort of sacred sacred space and extending to like a, a sacred culture as well and that to me there's a particularly tantric flavor to it so it sort of suggests a sacred culture that includes sexuality and intimacy and part of that sacredness. So, cause it's funny, you know, cause it, I've been doing stuff all over the world and even teaching other things. Like we'd be running a spiral event, like tonight we're getting new temple. And everyone's like, what the fuck does that mean? I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, they're like temple. Is that like when, when you go to church? I'm like, well, it's a bit different, you know, wear some sexy shit. Come at this time, you know, we're going to sage you and you're going to come into a space and then we're going to, do some activities and stuff and so i guess i'd gone so far down the tantric mystery school rabbit hole that i you know it, it just becomes some word but yeah for me it is about creating sacred spaces and and there is often a not that it's necessarily always about sex or sexuality but there is there is a welcomeness of of to all of the frequencies and i guess the big difference between how mainstream society talks about temple or church or whatever, you know, you're not typically expecting to go to like Hillsong church and half an hour in everyone takes their pants off and self pleasures to the, to the hymns or whatever, you know, whereas that, would be good temple, <laughs> that could that'd be fucking good. You know, I surrender. You know? Yeah. I love it. Um, like, why do you, like, I feel that the temples is something that's like come in for me as a part of my sacred sexuality journey but also just as uh, it, it feels like it's bigger than that it's like a bigger culture and like, yeah. I would say that it feels like it's become such an like a it feels really central in my life now and I wonder yeah. like why do you feel like it, it's I feel it's very similar for you just from our conversations why do you feel like that has become so important why is that sort of the central point of a lot of our values nowadays I'm I'm noticing well, what, what I think it has become is this, it, it's provided this thing um, that perhaps religion used to provide or mm -hmm. when I was like a 20-year-old that like going to raves would provide, which is like this, this space for coming together into a sort of communion of, of souls or of people and particularly using like, an altered state or an altered reality where a higher level of, of oneness and love and authenticity can kind of come in. And, and so I think 
when you've had a few of those experiences or maybe even you've had a lot of those experiences um, and you've had a lot of them probably in workshops or retreats or, you know, in special containers after a certain point, it's like, well, fuck, how do I bring this, this magic into, into every day. And, you know, lots of us start holding little gatherings once a week or on the full moon or whatever. And so um, I think it's become central because it gives this, this thing. And it's the same thing that's talked about in um, healing fire, you know, the flow state guys and all that stuff of this ecstasy sort of Mm. space where we can, we can get out of our small self to a degree and, and come into a more, um, oneness space and i think that's sorely lacking in this in this world and in this time and it's it's um it's a place that gives a lot of meaning to life and a place that gives a connection to something that's that's bigger than oh you know my career goals my life like an individual life thing there's this connecting into something that's much bigger and deeper than that Mm. That's really how I see the temples as well. Like for me, a temple can be it can be a building space, it can be a room, it could be like look like a workshop, it could be a course, it could be my body as the temple, you know. But it's like yeah. whatever I'm bringing into that, it feels that the, it's like there's almost like a trust that it's connected to something bigger. It feels yes. like the people that are involved in the temple, it's almost like they've heard the call to temple, and they're almost like for me, they've always shown up as like the seekers, and this and it's like. I don't have necessarily the same spiritual beliefs as everybody in the temple, but I that mm-hmm. there's been a call to temple that I feel is like that we've all awoken to, that there's something that's kind of come through from there. And that's yeah. almost what I'm trusting. So uh, that's what I like. That's how I would define the temples as well. It's like if, if, if a social gathering is us all hanging out and then a temple is something else, a temple is like whatever yes. comes up inside of that experience is, um, is the temple moving through all of us, you know? And that, yeah. that's, that for me is like the magic and the alchemy piece, which is, I think, really what I think perhaps what's got both of us quite hooked on the concept and the idea and the feeling is our love for magic. And, uh, and you know, yeah. and then there's an extension of that is like ritual and, and all the other pieces. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and I think those of us that have played in those spaces enough times you know like we we know it when there's something maybe we create and like fuck it happened it happened that night and another time it's like you know the temple didn't really show up fully that night or wow this we didn't do this part right or some of those people weren't really brought in the right way or whatever and so there's this this ongoing refining of i guess the technology and the culture of how do we create these spaces consistently that it's like you know um fuck the temple it was there and there's this thing we all know of like whoa that night that time we all went to that place like that was mm. that was a genuine transformation yeah i literally yeah. have goosebumps as you're talking about this like and if you can see it i can feel like my whole body is going like oh yeah those moments where we've gone into that though those spheres yeah. of places it's just like it, it's unmistakable and and like the on and it, it feels like the ongoing things that come from that it's not just like you know like well we had our jupiter temple that we ran had a few months ago that we shared publicly about so we can talk about that one <laughs> um but that one we could talk about is, that one jupiter jupiter likes being <laughs> talked about he's not shy um, there's an experience i have of like you know some of the stuff that we spoke about on the night was um you know of personal goals that we wanting to bring in but for me, like the temple wasn't really interested in um, 
an individual's goals. For me, I feel like uh, the temple is like, it's looking for places to alchemize and bring things into uh, sort of a oneness experience that I feel. And like, it's almost like your personal goals yeah. become like a frequency match for that versus, oh, the universe is going to conspire to make your shit happen. You know, it feels, it feels a little bit different to that in, in my experience. Do you feel similar? Well, I feel there is definitely a clear difference of when we really start to cross that line um, into a more selfless reality, which is where the magic comes in. Then, yeah, it's not, it's not really about you hitting your personal goals. Although a lot of the magical dance that I'm in is how do you link the personal to the transpersonal to the infinite, you know, and if we can have those three all in alignment, then your little, little petty ego goals can happen to be connected to your soul, which happens to be connected to what the universe wants. And then it's like, boom, ah, I can have a fucking nice car or a hot partner or whatever, you know, whatever these kind of superficial sounding things can be that, that actually human beings do still want health, whatever, but yeah, I would agree that when, you know, you get 20 of us drop into some space that is beyond, it's not about um, individual success and, and what, you know, that kind of group soul language when that comes in, it is about, oh, it's like there's one thing in that room that, that has its own um, agenda. And that agenda is usually aligned to love of some form coming into the world or awakening or something like that. And yeah, I, you know, in, in the magical it's that's pretty much the line between what will be considered sorcery you know magic to get what you want and high magic which would be aligning to the infinite and my belief is that both of those paths lead the same way but there is something we can get stuck into like well i want this i want to make this happen and i think that that can create a contraction around the small self that is actually the opposite of where the, the temple shows up mm, yeah and my experience as well is just like any time well actually I think one of my favorite things about the temple is like if I'm like right my intention for the temple is to call this in or to create this and then it's like everything where I'm not embodied in that will show up in the temple yeah. and then I'm faced yeah. with all of this stuff it's like you know, yeah. I think we have these nice ideas sometimes that the temple is going to be sexy and like we dress up for it in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And then when we mm -hmm. come into the temple, it's like just facing off with everything that is not sexy and there's not yeah. fun. And I, yeah. and I think that's so, you know, there's something like that I feel is often missed inside of what the temple culture really is. You know, it's something that I was mm -hmm. mapping out in this book that I'm going to launch next week. It's just like that call to temple and that, you know the, the wanting it to be a certain way and the, con the like kind of the concept of it you know have visualizing what it's going to look like it's like all of that has to drop away to come into actually being present in the temple and and that yeah. for me is is ultimately magic when when we have to like let go of how it's going to look yeah and there's definitely that um crossing that line into when this you know when the self is let go of when these when the um the 3d expectations are let go of that's when the magic comes in so it's that that um paradox if i'm doing this ritual because i want something but the i that wants something is going to have to be let go of for anything powerful to actually happen yeah 
and that and like I've, I've I my process with the temples has been like the uh, it's kind of like the, the humility of actually letting go of any kind of idea that I am powerful rather and then coming into like what mm. I've been experiencing as true power which is like power can move through me and my like what mm. I, what is true power for me now is like my ability to allow power to move through me rather than being in the eye of power Mm. Mm. I have a curiosity um there's this something that we hear right so there's this saying that it kind of moves around our communities a lot which is like the landing of the temples you know like <laughs> the mysterious oh, landing yeah. of the temples yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah. I'd actually love you to share a little bit about that because I feel that um yeah like what does that mean to you? What does that look like? And, you know, kind of like maybe a little bit of the origins of that kind of statement almost like that. I feel like when I was writing about this book like the week, I was like, oh, it feels like it awakens in all of us, this concept of like the landing of the temples. But it feels yeah. like the one of, one of the things I love about the way you share things is that you're always like looking at the ecology of those parts. So I'd love you to share about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, you know, like that, that language to me is very, comes from, you know, ISTA, the International School of Temple Arts kind of community. Uh, it very much comes out of Haydn Temple and maybe other kind of groups surrounding those, um, Shambhala School. So those are three that I've been at some point involved with and and, and, and continue to be around and, and have influenced me, even though I have some of my other ideas as well, Those those communities and schools have very much impacted my thinking around this and to me yeah it's almost a cliche like I almost want to take the piss out of it a little bit but 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 I guess I'm trying to also be instructive so that anyone who's like what are they talking about can get can get an entry point and to me to me the situation is is somewhat like this it's like we're talking a lot about soul culture you know we're talking about a move away from everyday the the personality running the show which is where most human beings obviously are living from a point of the, the the ego that has been developed is i am dane thomas i want this i want that these are my basic needs you know that's that's my kind of smaller self if you like and the this this sense of the soul coming in um to to lead a person's life you know this this rather than being I'm, I'm a little person and there's a divine spark that I can sort of be in touch with. Sometimes we, we begin this process of calling down and bringing this divine spark into us to the point where we start to identify more as a soul than as a um, meat, meat body human who's just, you know, 35 years old, female, working in accounting, whatever, you know, like that, that little label is we're more than that. We're a being that is on earth for some reason we're connected to so much more. And, and so the, the idea to me of the landing of the temple is, yes, on the outside, we are all working to, to try to create and bring through this, this culture and these rituals and these ways of being, which are, which are somewhat mysterious. Like none of us ultimately know how to fucking do it. We're just, we're kind of channeling and intuiting and learning from those who maybe have done a bit more of it. And, you know, little shreds of like Egypt, Atlantis, you know, the Celtics, whatever, whatever we're borrowing off, that's kind of all coming through. But none of us really have a full intact blueprint for 
this temple culture for 2021 and beyond, right? It's like these shreds of ancient stuff. And we're trying to find ways to bring that into the world that we're in now. And like we've mentioned, we have these moments where it fucking comes through. And, you know, sometimes I've had moments where we're all in a circle doing some ritual or whatever. And I can see fucking pillars, you know, I can see like pillars around and it's like, fuck, I could see the temple, you know, Mm. but the landing of the temple to me also um, is about the, the landing and stabilizing of the connection to life force itself in inside the body of the individual. So, you know, like, there's, there's multiple stages of waking up and, and it's very, I've been going deep into this, you know, building the spiral, my work with magic. The thing I'm running at the moment is called Lightbringer, which is starting soon. And it's, it's about bringing the soul more into the body so you can stand as a basically like a fucking flaming angel, even though you're in a human body on planet Earth. Because we're, we're in a sort of situation where People are in the early stages of waking up to being that they're more than a meat body and more than, you know, an accountant who works at the office or whatever. So they're getting these these inklings of this sensitive divine part coming through, but it's not stabilized yet. And so actually what happens in this early stage is, you know, we have this new age kind of situation where people all of a sudden are now terrified of entities or my energy can be leaked or so, so rather than waking up, making you more powerful, what actually happens in the first stage is you, you get more fucking vulnerable. Now, oh, I can't go in the shopping center. It's got bad vibrations there, you know? It's like, okay, it doesn't really seem like you've upgraded. It seems like you've become retarded, you know? And <laughs> what's really happening is the, the very first beginnings of soul, we're using that word, you know, we, but of this, of this divine is coming in, but it's not landed. And by landed, you know, we mean like into the flesh and bone, into the fucking nervous system, into the dirt and the earth underneath us. And in the external, that's a lot of us are wanting to anchor businesses and properties and pieces of land and, you know, physical reality that if you look at the the Catholic church, it's temple, it's fucking landed. You know, there's churches all over the world. There's billions and trillions of dollars of resources and I think you made a smart ass remark about, you know, when we said landing the temples, I didn't think we'd be sitting around on some dirty cushions <laughs> in someone's lounge room, you know? And it's like, well, that's a little bit the stage we're in and we want to progress mm-hmm. it. It's like, you know, if you imagine you're like Jesus and the disciples hanging out in ancient, in, in Rome or whatever, it's like, mm-hmm. it would have been dirty cushions in a lounge room. We'd be like, don't no, open fucking Rome, just don't find out we're here. Cause this, this is not, this is not really official. This is like a backdoor fucking thing. It's a renegade culture coming in. So all that to say, both internally of the individual and externally as a collective, we're very, very young at living this culture. And so the language of landing is a lot more about how do we anchor it in physical reality, which is, is quite um, tantric and inclusive and descent based like rather than the new age thing which is a babe we've got to get to 5d and escape from this horrible place you know it's like no we need to bring all that down here Mm. we will have access to it it's not you don't want angelic 5d whatever access but your job in my opinion is to bring that into the here and now and have it in your fucking balls and your pussy and your toenails Mm. not just you know if i put on the dolphin music and everything's just right i can touch into my angelic self it's like now, nah, man, like how do we become this for real 24-7 in our, in our 
physical flesh. So that's to me what landing the temple was all about. Mm. And in saying that then, like so um, I love what you're talking about. It's like really bringing it down. And like I'm, I think maybe it's just part of the little bubble that we're a part of, but it feels like everybody is kind of uh, getting this connection to spirituality, getting this understanding that there's more to than just like being a meat body, as you put it, or working the nine to five job. Is the temple culture for everyone? And when the temples land, is this is this for everyone? Look, I don't. <laughs> I don't you see my face. <laughs> maybe not <laughs> I mean you know like my my very ways elitist exclusive little cancerian who as you know like I only really want to hang out with tantric entrepreneurs who um are also interested in creativity and jujitsu and sex magic you know like that's my that's, that's how niche it's like well that's fucking that's three people you know like but <laughs> And and I think the version that is cooking in our circles, you know, there's a lot of subcultures and a lot of a lot of bits and pieces have ended up in this mixture. For example, the tantra piece, you know, and I think the neo tantric sort of stuff that is woven into this kind of mystery school stuff that is also woven into open relating stuff. These are some of the currents that are coming into our personal or our small subculture that you know, even if you hang out in. I got a, a little bit of crew in kind of places like Bali in California and whatever. And those guys are a lot more white light and a, and a lot less like, you know, okay to stick something at their, up their bum in a ritual. You know, it's like, whoa, dude, like, you serious? I'm like, oh, I thought you guys were like into magic and shit. They're like, yeah, kind of. But like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? I'm like, this, this is the real shit, you know? So I don't know. Um, Here's what I feel, and this could, this could be considered narcissistic, whatever. I feel that um, the, the small subculture we're in is kind of refining the recipe a little bit and it, that, that, that what I feel is that we may be refining a sort of a piece and a culture that, that gradually gets more spreadable to more people. Um, I think some of the things that we're doing could be palatable to a kind of a broader subculture, but I, it's very hard for me to imagine um, a world that is fully mainstream embracing some of the crazy shit that we do, um, which is not really crazy, but, but I'm just putting in that because I know that will be the perception of, you know, I use the example of like anal work or whatever. It's like, that seems very unnecessary. And I'm like, well, actually, if you really want your soul to drop in, there's a lot of de-armoring and nervous system regulation that's going to have to happen. You know, this is essential. We need 8 billion people to all penetrate their anuses right now. Otherwise, we're screwed as a human race, you know. Um, it's going to be hard to sell that to the world, you know. But what I feel is that these practices and these spaces that we're in are, are almost like um, laboratories. You know, we're in a very early experimental stage. And in these laboratories, various versions of various technologies and practices and culture are getting cooked up. And those will ripple out to people that that fits them, you know. And I would imagine if it was to reach, you know, a, a, a bigger percentage of the population, that some of these things might shift and change form a little bit and evolve. And some of the language, like, you know how it is, like you have a friend who's come back from, 
whether it's they've come back from the Amazon and the Peru thing or whether they've come back from mystery school or whether, and, they, and they start talking another fucking language. And it's like, for those of us that are a little more on social media and plugging into the broader world, it's like, dude, yeah, I know that you want to like surrender your life to the mystery and live in the current. And, but that's, that sounds like fucking gibberish. Do you understand that? Like this, this needs to somehow translate so it can, so it can spread. And I think, um, I think people like, like you're probably at least one, one rung out from me in terms of how esoteric you want things to be, you know, and there might even be, you're sort of one step more, more mainstream accessible, you know, and there might be people that come off your wave that are one step further in like, you know, and, and, and that goes all the way back to some of our shared mentors of, well, they're fucking, they're fucking wild, you know, like that's, there's no way that's going on breakfast television you know like so i think there's this there's this um just knowledge that we're in the very early stages and the things i would love to see them spread much more broadly but i think they probably will have to mutate and refine many times over before they um really reach and you and, and i look at things like yoga and breath work and mindfulness and those kind of things um and and maybe even what's happening with with psychedelics being becoming kind of more um mainstream you know like that they they've gone through some serious changes since people in the 60s and 70s who were fucking mucking around with that stuff but that just would have been like that is just that is just counterculture you know and then it gradually becomes like oh now silicon valley people are doing that stuff okay well maybe then more mainstream business people start doing it and then maybe more like people with jobs and whatever you know yeah i feel that too i have a curiosity about um your definition of a temple art as well? Well, I mean, that's very broad. And it, that, that slang, that, that phrasing to me specifically comes from ISTA. Um, like the International School of Temple Arts, kind of that's where I first heard that phrase and where that has become popularized. And um, and so in that context, there's a very shamanic tantric flavor. And so we're talking about embodiment practices and sexuality practices, particularly, you know, mm -hmm. um, but we could look at many frequencies of temple and templing, you know, so like, let's say the sort of things that I'm cooking and working on, there's a bit more like ceremonial and ritual magic and breath work and energy work getting mixed in because those are the those are the threads that i'm interested in and, and i'm kind of trying to like if you're a witchy or wizardy entrepreneur i'm i'm your guy i'm going to give you some cool stuff that you could work with but that's if you were to go into like more of a tantric container they're not going to at all associate that to be like a temple art that's because that's not the kind of their interpretation of temple it's going to be more like cool let's massage your balls you know like that's that's a temple art or you know, a ritual where we release blocked energy or whatever. So I think there's, it comes back to depending on what a temple is for you, that could, that could have some broadness. But typically if someone says that to me and I don't know them, I'm going to assume some sort of tantric sexuality or, and, and maybe some sort of coming together in a group, a group situation is going to, you know, we're going to be sitting in a circle doing something, aren't we? We're going to, mm -hmm. circles are going to be involved, you know? 
and maybe yeah. eye gazing or maybe like rubbing each other's bits depending on what sort of a <laughs> group of people we're dealing with here you know is it for in bali or new zealand <laughs> yeah. it um, really does you know the, the more south you go the get it closer you get to the root chakra you know um this question i was asking actually was linked into sort of where i'm going to go with this conversation um and it's a bit it might be edgy might not be but we obviously have been known to use the spiral inside of temple culture. Yeah. And I have been playing with this concept of like, oh, is like the self-pleasure modality and the spiral modality, are they actually more like temple arts than they are therapy healing uh, mm. things? And I'm, you, know, you don't have to talk about it, but if, you, if you're open to that conversation, I'd be totally, curious to totally hear your thoughts on it. The Institute of New Paradigm Intimacy is a globally recognized year-long program that qualifies you to become a practitioner of the self-pleasure modality, assisting clients in how to open to their pleasure and create transformation in their lives. There's never been a better time for you to follow your calling and make a difference in the world by just being you. If you're curious about joining one of the fastest growing industries, reach out via social media or our website, newparadigmintimacy.com, or send over the syllabus. Okay. Well, look, and this is this is relevant. This is very relevant, you know, because we, this is something we have in common in terms of like bringing a modality into the world, and mm-hmm. you know, founding institutes and so on. You know, <laughs> like it's a very, it's a very, well, it's a very unique position. You know, it's not, it's not yeah. like every leader or business person. That's not what mm-hmm. they've done. So, so modalities have a very specific thing. So for me, there's a there's a journey with this, and. And my personal relationship to the spiral and the other tools that go with it is a, as a transformational technology, which is, okay. which is in its way a form of magic, a form of creating change, a form of like what my early days was really kind of radical. It was like a, like a reality hacking device. I'm going to fucking hack reality and change it. And mm-hmm. I don't want to have any limits on who or what I can be. So I'm going to bring these tools together so I can fucking deprogram myself but so the whole world opens up the way that i want right so very much like a magic chaos magic sort of philosophy as that work matured and it started to reach more people it became clear that what would benefit most people more was packaging it into more of a healing modality etc but it, it definitely rides a line between a transformational tool and a therapeutic tool. And it can be used. It, it's much like saying, like we think of like a technology or a medicine. It's like, should ayahuasca be used as a healing medicine or is it just for fucking blasting out your spiritual stuff? And the answer will be, well, it depends. You know, like if, if we want to, or, or MDMA, you know, if we want to get in a clinical setting, that's an amazing thing to work with PTSD. But if you're going to be in like a basement rave and take a shitload of MDMA, that is not going to be a good way to process your PTSD, but it might connect you to fucking God, you know? So it's like it, the way I use it in my life, you know, I'm not, I'm not really trying to heal myself at this point. I'm much more interested in like um, union with fucking the one and, and then bringing that down into everyday life. And then also more like 
sorcery personal gain stuff where like i have never achieved that i would like to unlock myself so that i can have that experience but when we are if i was speaking for a spiral practitioner who's working with clients then it has been packaged more more as a modality but still there is there is a recommendation for those guys to explain this is this is transformational work you know if you um if you were working through heavy trauma or you have you know you were currently using um various prescription medicines you would want to have your psychologist or your doctor on board with this journey because i'm not your doctor you know so there's Mm -hmm. there's a fine line with that but i definitely see it the stuff i'm creating now which is more magically and, and ritualistically packaged still borrows off those frameworks and understandings like it still uses those ideas but in a different way than like let's clear your emotional blocks so you can mm. attract a partner it's like i don't fucking care about that stuff anymore that's done like i'm trying to bring through a new culture and stuff you know mm, for sure and I, I actually am really enjoying that gray area actually at the moment of like yes. okay things can actually be a temple art and they can also be a um, you know, a healing art or a, uh, I mean, even a healing science, if almost, you know, and then they kind of started me playing with like the temple sciences, you know, and the technology, yeah. use the word technology, which I really like. Yeah. Well, it's, it's always been a big um, heated debate between the transformationalists and the therapists, you know, that's, that's always been uh, a battleground over any technology or modality because the transformationalists are going to be, come off a little more reckless and create spaces where it's like well what do you mean safe space we're gonna fucking crack open you're gonna crack you open to the infinite that is not safe you know yeah versus like well we want to heal we don't want to re-traumatize which is more the therapeutic and what i see is that both of those sides have things to learn off each other Mm. and that um the mixture of how you want to you want to ride is very is very dependent on what role you're going to play. So for me, positioning myself as an artist and a ritualist and a kind of wild card is much, I'm much more licensed to create crazy experiences than like, hi, I'm a psychologist. It's like, well, we, well, we want, we're going to fucking trust you to not fucking put us in, make us go crazy. Right. Like we're going to trust, we're going to, we're going to have a whole bunch of things that come with that. Whereas like, okay, he's a witch doctor. Well, you'd sign up with the witch doctor what did you want to get you know like he's gonna totally. stretch you you know but if but if that was your therapist it'd be like i would be concerned if your therapist is trying to push you through your fucking limitations and ex- explode you to another reality it's like yeah that guy's a bit of a loose cannon yeah for sure and i've really like it's like i almost i didn't realize how much of a subculture i'm a part of until I come face to face with the other cultures, you know. Yes. <laughs> and it, yes. and I, you know, it happened to me at university when I was studying um, counseling. I was like, "Whoa, this is, you know, you guys have a whole different, you know, you're happy for whatever this is going to be to take five years." I'm like, "Oh, that for yes. me, it's like it's yes. naturally going to happen in five years." I'm looking to shorten that <laughs> that five I, years. You I, know? <laughs> I, I came in, you know, I, that's what I came in. I'm doing kinesiology and like, they're like, okay. And then we'll peel off a layer of the onion. And then client comes back a couple of weeks. And I was like, I don't want to peel off. I want to explode the onion. <laughs> and everyone just looks at me like that guy is a concern, you know, like, uh Oh, but it was like, 
listen, like I'm not interested in having my clients addicted to me. I want to fucking smash through shit now, like today in this moment, not, you know, that's the transformationalist attitude. Then after me doing a lot more embodiment work, there's other things that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gradually retraining my nervous system over the weeks and months and years. If I try to smash it into the situation that I want, I'm, I'm going to go slower rather than faster because that's not really how it works. So, so those, I've had a big learning over those. And I think but one thing I want to throw back to you is like, we both have a very entrepreneurial mindset, you know, mm. which, which can be disturbing in a therapeutic mindset because we're like, man, I want to break the system and remix it and fucking disrupt it. And it's like, mm. uh, danger, you know, this person's mm. bit of a fight. So, so when you have students that are not as entrepreneurial or innovation oriented in their mindset, they're going to be more seeking safety um, and, and certainty, whereas the more entrepreneurial ones are like, cool, how can I use this to help 100 people this month? And you're like, whoa, that's, that's one of my... You know, it's it's different, yeah. a different way of moving, and, and neither one is better. And this is neither one is better than the other. They both need each other, mm. but I think it can be helpful for people to realize there are different personality types, there are different value systems at play. Mm. Spike like spiral dynamics is one of the things that helps me deal with this. It's like, ah, oh, mm. that person is more concerned about the safety of the group. That person wants to smash all records and create a new world without mm. limitations. They're not going to see eye to eye. Like they're gonna mm. they're gonna think that they're fucking with each other when actually the world needs both of those typologies to play out because if everyone is just trying to disrupt everything then we got chaos but if everyone is just trying to make everything safe and stay the same then we're fucking rotting you know so it's like a mixture is good totally this is a you know this has kind of been my understanding it feels like there's an awakening of the temple arts you know like if you think, and it's so curious because if you go back to like the geishas and the courtesans and the kind of the people that were like rocking the temples in ancient times, they were doing the healing. They were the healers, you know, the sexual healers, the priestesses, these people. And what they were performing is like dance and, you know, song and art, you know. And it's so interesting to me to watch that you know how far away we've come from that place and that and for me that kind of then takes us into mm. the conversation of transmission and receiving through the through the dance well i think i've lost your dime are oh, you back but you're muted unmute hi can you hear me yeah the conversation is getting just breaking the internet <laughs> too, exi- too exciting um i feel yeah. like i still know what you were saying because uh, i was just yeah. thinking like one one thing that was coming into my mind which is like makes me i have these spiritual satire moments when i'm in some kind of like um setting and it's like all this stuff is coming through again and being rediscovered and that's beautiful and when i think when i tune into my interpretation of like you know you're in some egyptian temple or some classical tantric temple or you know is that people who were wielding those arts would have literally trained from fucking birth you know multiple Mm. it it will be like shaolin temple it's like Mm. the kid has dropped off when he's four years old and he's been training in like 
footwork and breathing and lifting heavy things and fucking you know meditation all day long every day and so it's like because you know sometimes when i get a bit salty on social media and i do my little tantra critiques or whatever um there's this kind of like slight disappointment or frustration of like yeah you know and i'm giving like sacred hand jobs and it's you know it's a tantric and i'm like it's a 25 year old chick giving giving hand jobs for money with some nice music playing and that's a beautiful thing i'm i'm no way shaming that i'm you know i'm always looking for who's doing those you know <laughs> and 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 i fully fucking back all the people and i you know and it's good for us to have a sense of like yes you're bringing something through and you know the true the true essence of these things would have been deep you know it's kind of like someone who's like yeah i'm a meditator it's like john you meditate 15 minutes a day you know it's beautiful and people put in 20 and 30 and forty thousand hours to this thing to really bring you know to really have access what what's been brought through and i'm this is no way a critique or a putting down of anyone because i'm in that fucking too i'm like ah i'm a magician you know and I, i learned some ceremonial magic and it's like okay they would practice this every day for a year and a day i'm like I'm going to do three weeks. I'm going to see if I can stick mm. with this for 21 days in a row. Cause there's no fucking way I'm doing this 366 times in a row. I will get so bored, you know, like, mm. and it's like, yeah, that's the difference between you and the golden dawn and whoever who would be like chanting underneath the fucking, st- you know, like 24 mm. seven fucking bringing that stuff through. And I think I love what we have now because there can be this, this ability to bring things through fast and intuitively and, and we're giving ourselves so much self-authority of like, wow, I'm a fucking priestess. I'm a magician. I'm, and it's like, it's awesome that we have the balls to do that. And I think that that brings through so much magic. And it's epic to remember that, like, if we really are talking about the mastery of a sacred art, you know, that's a lifelong journey, you know, and, and there's just some humility in that. I think I try to bring myself back to of like, you know, I've done 20 years of meditation at, at best a few hours a week for 20 years, you know, which is not the same as like, okay, you know, the 314th Lama of this, it's like their life would have been spent in that practice. And that's, that's maybe the, the nth degree of that transmission. And we all, we almost want to like invoke those people and try to bring them through. Cause like we're babies is what I'm trying to say. All of us. For sure. And, you know, it's, yeah there's so many like threads open now with like the thoughts on like the transmissions and receiving these like arts from people and you know what is the you know the clearing of all the stuff out of the way of our soul to come through and then we're in the transmission of our soul and what people can receive from that yeah uh, and it feels like we're in the I actually personally feel like there's a lot of wherever we're going with all these pieces is it's almost like this subculture is starting to need its own this is what we are and this is who what this is and this is who this is for because it's becoming such a you know like here's the transformational people and here's the therapy people and here's like you know here's one way of learning and receiving information through a book and understanding something cognitively versus here's shedding everything out of your conditioning so that you can receive a transmission and then become mm. a transmission and then mm. trusting that that transmission work moves on which is really what i feel when I tune into like that whole geisha times and 
you know, different like Dakini practices. What I'm feeling is that like this stuff was passed down, not through a lot of word or through a lot of mind. It was passed down through something cellular and in the body. And I feel like that's a lot of what we're waking up to is these sort of cellular memories that are sort of coming back to us. Yes. So, yeah. So for me, like, I don't really know where this conversation is going, but there's something around the temple culture that I feel like is needing more of its own space in the world to really allow this sort of transmission work to start to move again. Yeah. And I know what you mean about a lot of threads. There's like three things that want to come through at once mm. here. But like, mm. you know, my, my background, my university background was was comparative religion. And the two traditions that stood out to me most were, were Zen and Tantra. And mm. the the thing that those two had in common was that that they would it was taught by transmission. You know, it wasn't did you read the 15? I mean, they had that other stuff as well. They had practices, they had books and stuff like that as well. But but their their lineage was was via transmission and you know it's the classic stories of like the buddha having one disciple who's the most kind of awake one but he hasn't quite popped yet and one day the buddha just holds up a flower and the dude's just like boom and it's like that's the moment that's the moment that the it's almost like the spark from the, the flame from one candle lights the other candle and they you know and then they're both there and um that that idea really lodged for me as like a 20 20 year old 21 year old that like oh this is another way of learning which is more like osmosis and vibratory um awareness and that getting around people that possess certain qualities was the best way for me to learn those qualities rather than you know like the end i was also into the nlp method which is unpack what they do on all their values all their beliefs and kind of download that but it's like yeah but if you just get in the vibration of this being say someone who's got a really open heart if you get around them and you'll start to learn that open hearted quality just by being around it. And the bit, you know, as you know, I just like to borrow bits from everywhere, but Buddhism has this idea of the triple gem, you know, that Buddhism needs these three pieces to, to flourish. And the triple gem is the Buddha, the Dharma and the Sangha. So it's the, you know, the person who has the spark, um, the teachings, what are, what are the set of principles and ideas that we live by? And the, the Sangha is the community. And if you have those three things, you, you can grow this, this movement. It's, it's how I always took that. And so it's like, in our case, it's not that any, and I think we're moving into a more Aquarian model. Then, so it's not like there's one Buddha. We're, and not that I'm claiming that you or I or any of our magic friends are fully enlightened buddhic beings but we can feel there's certain people with a certain transmission of some some quality or some opening that that we know is like fuck that person that person has that void quality that we talk they've got it it just comes out of them you know that person has a deep devotion that person has such presence and consciousness okay we get these people together and we get these transmissions kind of cooking and and we anchor them in over and over and over. And it's why, like, for me, people will ask me, like, why would you go back and do, like, your seventh ISTA level one? Or why did it's like, well, it's not, it's not a mental learning. It's a practice space. Mm-hmm. You know, why would you run a self-pleasure thing not once but every, every full moon for years? It's like we are opening the portal again and again until we, we have that access like that. And I think mm-hmm. that transmission piece is 
is the kind of spark at the heart of this thing. But there, there is an electricity, there is a frequency that we're all tapping into that has something that we want to come into the world. And and I and the, then the community part is that well, where the fuck is that? Is it you know currently it's online conversations and temporary workshops, and we're wanting to anchor buildings and living spaces and shared. You know, I really feel probably one of the next steps is shared, especially if the world is going to go where it's going to go with all these limitations is like, I want to live in community with people that are doing this, you know, whether that's 12 or 20 people or whatever, but like that's going to be needed. I think to really um, deepen these learnings and transmissions. Yeah, 100%. And I think that that, like for me, I'm noticing like it also just on what you were sharing about like um, stuff was written in books. For me, like there is a transmission that can come through even just reading. It's almost like what's yeah. coming through the body, and yeah. I feel, and the things we talked about at the beginning, which was just like you know what what is it that actually creates the capacity to be able to have your personal needs met. It's not the understanding of all the values of a millionaire if you want to become a millionaire. It's actually the embodied cellular wisdom of that. And the same thing when I'm so when I'm teaching, it's like sexuality. It's like sexuality is not a cognitive mind understanding. Okay, this is what sexy is. Therefore, I will be sexy. You know. Well, I I don't know. I think I think they're all valid, and I think I think it's fair to say having the cognitive understanding won't make you sexy. But for some people, if that's their strongest, like let's imagine each chakra is a, is an intelligence. You know, for some people their cognitive map will really help them. And that's why it can be it can be challenging for those people to step into like shamanic containers where it's like, just feel, just breathe. And they're like, and, and then someone like me, we're like, okay. So the thing is, when we breathe a certain way, that causes our body to soften. And when the body softens, we can feel more stuff. And then we can run and it's like, oh, so you're saying if I just breathe like they're breathing, I'll become more orgasmic. I'm like, correct. They're like, okay. Uh, and it's like there we go but but if no one would give that person that piece who is probably highly intelligent highly analytic they're just like i'm sorry but you're not giving me the the cognitive piece fuck this you know and Mm -hmm. and so i think because it's funny right because the world the mainstream world is obsessed with the mental and then we have kind of our world which is is very valuing of the somatic and it can actually then um kind of shame or suppress the mental understanding part which which for many is going to be really key and and i agree just having that like because i've read books about being good on bed does not make me good and good and bad sure but yeah. for many people reading that first book is like fuck there's skills you can learn there's ways of breathing that would make me better in bed what do you what do you mean being present is a good thing to do and what does that even mean it's like that that spark or just opens it all up for some people. And, you know, if we look at these traditions like classical Tantra, like Buddhism, like Zen, even though they're transmission oriented, there was a part of that culture that really prized philosophy and debating the ideas in the philosophy and unpacking why did this sage say that and what did that mean? But that would have also been accompanied by meditation and practice. And it also would have been accompanied by beings that are in the mix that are fucking radiating that state and and that can blast through any words or any mental stuff so i think there's like this 
all the paths are valuable. And, and that's something for me, like with the temple world and the, and the tantric world somewhat annoys me that no one's trying to write handbooks, you know, no one's like, I'm like, so, you know, like people who've gone to this mystery school and I understand why, because there's a sense of, well, the wisdom can't be, it's a living wisdom. I'm like, yes. And we're fucking reading everything else. You know, we're, we're cramming our mind with other data. It would be really cool to have an, you know, idiot's guide to the temple culture. What is, what, you know, like when someone comes from really outside, when I have a, you know, middle American housewife life coach who comes in, ends up in my space and it's like, what are we going to do? It's like, okay. So we're going to say a lot of words that you've never heard of before. And it's going to be very confusing and it's going to sound like you're in a cult. But let me give you a few. Container. A container means, well, a space where we're doing a particular thing that has a particular feeling. So it's like a sacred space. And it's like, oh, great. I wonder what it means when they're saying that, you know? They just hear this fucking word yeah. a thousand times. And mm. if we've been in it, we forget that's even a piece of jargon, you know? Mm-hmm. But if you go to law school, they're going to tell you what the words mean. They're not just going to expect you to fucking guess what, what it yeah. all means, you know? That's yeah, my take. 100%. Yeah. Um... I fully, I'm fully with you on all those pieces. Oh yeah, that's where I was going to go. The part around the mind. It's like, I feel like what a lot of actually this next phase with the temple arts and the temple culture is building that bridge. And I'm so with you with the whole book thing. And I'm also quite a, a mindy person as well. Um, yeah. So I feel like, you know, understanding, that's kind of my me breaking it down is kind of what creates, created my access point into sensuality and into my own sexuality. So I'm 100% with you on that. Something yeah. that um, come up for me when I was at Uluru actually was um, a lot with the indigenous like um, population of Australia. Like they don't kind of explain to you what they're doing with their rituals and you're not actually allowed into some of the stuff. And the way that they do talk, it's like they don't really have a world of like, so here's how you get from your mind into your body. Like it, they just live yeah. through the body. And I, and I just loved that yeah. so much when I was there because I was like, oh, and I, and I could feel my frustration being like, why aren't they telling me what's really going on here? Why do they keep talking about all this like shallow surface stuff rather than actually giving me the good juice of what are the indigenous people doing out here in the desert? You know, what was happening? And, and it was really humbling to realize how much my brain wanted something to chew on to get into, yeah. the, into what was going yeah. on. So yeah, beautiful, like humbling moments. I think of like the temples really coming to land on in the planet right now. Mm. Yeah. I think that's all for me. I was, I'm, I really love this conversation. I feel like this is like, we're actually letting people into mm. our world. This is what we talk about all the time. So yeah, it's been this really fun. This is what me and to... Victoria talk about all the time. <laughs> yeah. And just the planning of, um, of where the temples are going to land. But yeah, like I would love mm. um, you to share a little bit about your offering actually and what like how the like this temples actually meet this kind of light bringer thing because I feel the energy of that and deeply in that. Nice. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I have a seven week offering starting on October the 1st called Lightbringer. A um, little bit controversial, a little bit edgy. So I, after doing a bunch of temple work, I got very inspired by the archetype of Lucifer and Lucifer, not so much as the full on Christian, the devil, but more as this idea of an angel that descended into the earth and and for me that felt very symbolic i had some strong experiences embodied experiences of 
this vision of the soul descending into the material realm, you know, and, and how much power and fire and will it takes for a soul to properly incarnate um, on earth. And I feel like after 43 years, you know, probably around 41, I feel like my soul was starting to land on planet earth. And then I did a lot of work the last two years to really get to this place where like, relatively unafraid to die i know what i stand for i can i can vibrate my frequency into the world with with an immense amount of force when i want to and and it's still that flame is getting stronger it's it's still maybe it's still at just beginning but it's there's a clear line in the sand for me from my oh from about this time i've been living as a soul you know mm. and it's very different than the 40 odd years that went before where the, the animal is and the psyche is largely in charge and it's very driven by like, just keep us surviving and don't get us killed and, and let's try to do well in the thing. So anyway, I devised a um, embodied ritualistic and magical journey to help leaders, anyone who considers themselves a leader or an emerging leader to, to anchor the power of their soul and the power of their message into their body so they can stand on planet earth and you know really the reason for creating that was that one my own transmission is starting to stabilize but two i feel that we're going into a time of unprecedented change and disruption and i really feel like it's going to be make or break for the for the sensitive awakening souls that some of them are going to get their asses kicked by the polarity and the challenge because they're not able because the fear and the survival stuff is getting activated so so dramatically it's very hard to to vibrate love and power into the world if you're like constantly fuck are they going to lock us down are they going to inject us are they get you know that's if that's what's going on in your field it's very hard to, to hold a yeah. stable point and radiate your power mm. yet for the ones who have anchored that i think it's going to be much more opportunity to lead others to inspire others to raise up others to be a kind of a light in the darkness and so yeah i've designed a seven week journey that is going to assist people to anchor their power and their magic and their love and their soul frequency in their body um so they can be more i you know instead of being like a conscious leader what if you're like a fucking angel with a flaming sword stood on the mountaintop? You know, it's just got a little more like woof to it and probably what, what I feel we need more. So that's, that's the gist with Lightbringer. Uh, and there's a special deal of $9.99 Australian, which it's really $9.99 American, but I've been like, okay, I'm going to let gonna little early birds get it for about 25% off. So if you're watching this and it's before October 1, you can come and join Lightbringer for the special, special price of $9.99 in Australian pesos, which are very cheap. Um, and come on a magic journey with me. Is this other bit of, like I had this, someone said to me, like, you know, from the soul point of view, earth is hell, you know, from because mm. it's the lower realm. And it's like, wow, what would it take from a point of view of the soul? We've gone down a level to the, to the density. What would it take to be able to thrive and shine in the density? So that's what gave me the turn on for like, fuck, I'm going to create something that is like, for souls that have landed on earth to, to turn it from hell to like heaven, you know, mm. kind of the gist. Nice. Yeah. I love that. Awesome. Mm. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes and the uh, angels that start rising up and the fire and the flames. Yeah. We already got a few. We have a, mm. 
we got a secret pre-group where we're just sharing a few little practices and ideas and just getting the getting things started and um the, the army of flaming angels is, is getting ready to to start the journey so it's pretty cool it's amazing cool babe all right well thank you for joining me and always a pleasure awesome. love it yeah love you lots bye see ya